0: Welcome back to the Nuggets of Gold podcast brought to you by To The Crib Media. Today, we're going to be going over a bunch of 49ers topics. A couple free agents today could potentially sign a contract extension that seems to be happening for Jimmy Ward. Also going to be discussing whether we should the 49ers should trade Aziz or Greenlaw, just because there's a lot of linebacker depth. And then finally, we'll finish it off with talking about Jimmy Garoppolo's trade market slash trade value and what we think he's going to end up going for when he is eventually dealt, which we do expect to happen. I know there's been a lot of like question marks along that of maybe Kyle could bring him back, but we're going to get into that later in this episode. If you guys are listening to the full episode, we're going to also clip these videos on YouTube. So I think we're going to split into like five, six segments after this, but let's get it started. Let's talk about the Niners situation. Cornerback was obviously the room that probably had the biggest question marks last year. Um, Defensive tackle did at times as well. Uh, offensive guard maybe a little bit. But I would say that the biggest struggles came in the Niners' secondary and specifically in that cornerback room. So let's talk about J.C. Jackson. Let's talk about Stephon Gilmore going back to two really, really good man corners from the New England system, from that Bill Belichick system. So, Aiden, I'll let you start. What do you think about the Niners going out and signing J.C. Jackson to a five-year $100 million deal?
1: It's not what I would do. Uh, He brings something really different to this Niners room. He's a really, really good corner who has not been paid really at all in his career yet. Um, So obviously he's going to sign a a big deal. But the way that, that the Niners run defense, I don't think that they need a top flight corner the way that other teams do. The Rams need Ramsey. The Niners, their, their D line is so dominant and they play defense with their linebackers and getting after the 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 passer. A lot of zone, a little bit more, more man this past year. Um, but like I like the the young guys and at twenty million dollars a year, it's a little bit pricey. He's already 26, which means he'd be starting his 30s when that that contract begins to um, near its its end. Um, it's it's not what what I would do. I'd be excited if it happens, but it would signal a bit of a shift in in the way the Niners look at their defensive scheme. So would not expect it to happen.
0: Yeah, I always find it interesting why I don't get on board with signing big corners because this idea has been floated around and a lot of people have reached out. Non 49ers fans like, hey, like, do you think you guys are gonna land JC Jackson? And I'm like, i ah, don't really want that to happen and it's not about jc jackson the player for me i think jc jackson is a great player actually ricky who's not on today ricky brought up to me like two years ago oh jc jackson's like a top three corner in the league and this was when i i like i kind of knew jc jackson but didn't really think of him on that level we fast forward to 2021 and jc jackson regarded as a top three corner like that that's what's happened over the last couple of years where he's just been able to take over and absolutely clamp guys in new england has come away with a lot of interceptions as well um, so yeah, he's, he's going to get a lot. He's going to get paid. It doesn't seem like he's going to get paid by New England, um, which I find kind of interesting just because they did have like, okay, that's like a marquee guy that you've, you've built up there. But the reason I don't get behind signing JC Jackson is a couple things. One for the 49er situation, they would be so thin in terms of flexibility and cap um, over the next few years that I don't really like putting it all into one guy. When even if you go and sign JC Jackson, you still lack cornerback depth. Like you're still going to lack something in that position. So that's the first part. And then the second part is I don't really like going out if I'm a team to go out and pay a corner because the second your corner, if you give him big money, the second he tears a knee, tears an Achilles or something, he might be a complete shell of himself and you might not get that guy again. Now you could say this happens with pass rushers and stuff, but I definitely feel like the drop-off is a lot earlier at the cornerback position than most other positions because we look at and we go oh yeah, this guy was like one of the best in the league. And then two years later, he's like, you can't play him because he's a liability in coverage because he's not fast enough, not quick enough. He's lost that speed. So that's why I typically don't get behind big cornerback signings. But JC Jackson, tremendous player. I just don't think bringing him to San Francisco is is the best move for the 49ers. I would much rather them sign guys for a lot less money, a lot less long-term deals, quicker short-term deals. And then you have the young guys in the room you already have one of your starting corners in Emmanuel Mosley. Um, maybe Ambry Thomas is the guy next year. We'll see. They definitely could go after someone else. D'Amador Lenore might be the guy in the slot, or you bring K'Wan Williams back. Like A lot of question marks in the corner room for sure, but I don't think going out and getting a marquee guy like J.C. Jackson necessarily solves your problem because if he goes down, you're still screwed at the cornerback position, and that's the problem there is that you're going to put all this money into into this one spot, into this one guy, and you're still thin in terms of depth. Because my issue with the what the 49ers did at corner last offseason was not necessarily that they went into the year with Jason Vrett and Emmanuel Mosley and One Williams as their starters with a couple younger guys behind them. It was that they didn't have a veteran off the bench that could just step in early on in the season and and play solid cornerback play solid at the cornerback position. And I think that's what they need to do differently this year round is they need to have that first guy off the bench that's ready to go. Maybe that's Ambry Thomas now. I would lean probably but we probably got to see how he looks in camp and stuff but I don't know I, I'm leaning that Amber Thomas could be that guy off the bench or even start but I'd rather them go after depth opposed to you know go after a big marquee name because I don't want to see a, a Dante Johnson a Josh Norman on the field I think that's just where you get kind of picked apart and for cornerbacks I'd rather have average cornerback play and elite front seven play than have you know whatever it is and have like high top end corners but then the second someone goes down you're playing like guys that are just getting cooked every time because that's what leads to disaster so that's why it's probably a no for jc jackson on my end uh another guy stefan gilmore stefan gilmore is a little bit different a lot older much shorter term deal aiden do you like the idea of bringing him into san francisco
1: i like the idea of gilmore coming in a lot more uh, he's a guy who I think would start right away and gives Ambry Thomas time to develop. He doesn't need, cause if we don't, um, bring in like a, a veteran that's going to start over, a, over Ambry, he has a ton of pressure going into this year, um, to take another step forward and to be the guy that he was down, down the stretch last year. Um, so bringing in a guy like Gilmore would give him a little bit of time. Uh, to kind of figure out where he is in this league because corner's tough. You're year, year over year, like you, you are going to get beat all, more often than, than you're going to make a play, um, which is a weird, really weird reality that, that you have to live with. Uh, but Gilmore's in a really weird spot because he's at the point where you would expect him to want to play for a, a competing team, but he forced his way out of New England last year. Uh, came home to to the Panthers. He's he's from the South Carolina area, um, like twenty five minutes, thirty minutes south of Charlotte. Um, so I could definitely see him being like, "I've won my my Super Bowl. Uh, it's time to sign one more contract with the Panthers, make thirty more million, uh, and ride off into the sunset." Or he might be like, "I I want to win." Um, so no idea where where his head's at. But I he's he's a guy that I like more than J.C. Jackson, just because it's a shorter-term deal. I don't think you could get J.C. Jackson on a two-year, $20 million deal. I think he wants the security long-term. But I think you you could get Gilmore for two for 30 or, or something like that. And that's obviously a little bit pricey. Uh, we we need to see how the the Niners cap figures uh, end up working out. But I still think he's a very, very solid corner. He makes the 49ers a better team. Um, and it'd be really interesting. And I would like that more than I would like the JC Jackson signing.
0: Yeah, I, I think, I think I'm there with you that I, I think this one makes a little bit more sense for where the 49ers are at and where they have a lot of their money as well. Um, But the big question for me is the injury history, the age he's almost 32. He's missed significant time over the last couple of years. And I still do think he's a solid corner, but with the amount of time that he's missed, I don't I don't think signing him to a two-year $30 million deal is worth it if you're the 49ers. Now, I also think that's probably the market for him. That's what Trek has too. I think they have two, two years, like 28.5, I think it is. Um, so I think that's about right in terms of what he's going to be asking for. But once again, you're paying a guy a lot of money that's an older player that could potentially just not really play many games. So I'm just not a big fan of going out there and signing a a corner to a big deal. I think this year for the 49ers, the priority should be re-signing Debo Samuel and re-signing Nick Bosa or extending, not re-signing. But I think that's the best thing they can do. And then make a lot of smaller moves to add some depth in this room, add some depth to that defensive line. Uh, Because I just, I just don't see like them going after one of those guys making the biggest difference in the world. I think, and if you can, like if you're able to go get a, a, a top end corner, yeah, yeah, like you could, but I just don't know if that's the best spot to put their assets. I think you also have a couple offensive line questions this year. You might potentially need to go get someone if Aaron Banks doesn't look like like he's that guy to start. Um, I don't think outside of that on offense, I don't think there's a lot of spots to spend on offense. So I guess like you could look at this and go, okay, well, they could either go get a second pass or sure they could go get a top end corner. And a lot of people are gonna say, I wanted them to go get the top end corner because of all the struggles there. But if you go sign two, three corners that are vets that are pretty solid that are cheap, you you can like live with you can live with Ambry Thomas starting and then have a depth guy beneath him or have a couple depth guys beneath him. So I just think that's a better move. I just would be afraid if you go and get Gilmore that you go and sign Gilmore and he plays five games for you, and then you basically have like $10 million lost if you're looking at like from a games perspective. And that's just kind of like, all right, well, we, we didn't really get much out of Gilmore. He didn't play. Um I do like it more though than signing JC Jackson just because JC Jackson is such a bigger deal. Also, that does not mean I don't think JC Jackson is better. I think at this point in their career, JC Jackson is better, but he's just getting a significantly larger contract than that. One other thing I'd add a two year, $30 million deal. How much of that is going to the cap hit? How much of that is incentive based? Because if it's a heavy incentive based contract, I could definitely get behind that. If he's only affecting like six to eight million bucks of cap each year, okay, that's totally fine. Because if they get him, and he doubles his contract because he plays well, you pay him that every single time when he goes out there and he plays like an all-pro caliber player like he has in the past. So if it's a deal like that, and maybe that's the difference. Maybe that's the difference of him going to Carolina or him coming to San Francisco is that they're going to give him that incentive-based deal. Incentive-based deal, yes, give him that. I'm, I'm down with that. So that's kind of where I'm at on that. But anything that you want to add to these potential cornerback signings before we we shift into uh, Jimmy Ward's potential contract extension?
1: Uh, no, I think you hit it. I think that we need a couple more depth pieces. I would rather get three guys at that 5 million number than Gilmore for 15. Even if he hits that perfect all pro thing, I think you need more depth. And I think uh, Eric Crocker had a really interesting point last week talking about how every corner is going to get beat. Like Jalen Ramsey got cooked in the NFC championship and in in the Super Bowl and they won both of those games um and he was a significant reason why even though he gave up touchdowns he gave up catches um maybe uh had had a pass interference that the, the Bengals got away with um uh, but that's a top flight corner who struggled and his team won despite it um so i'm definitely a a, a proponent of Let's get as many solid guys in in the room as as possible and take the pressure off of the young guys um, that are are really trying to still figure out where they fit in. Uh, so I think that was a really good point.
0: Yeah, final thing I want to bring up on the cornerback room before we get into Jimmy is I think that one thing that kind of gets forgotten is that this cornerback class also isn't thought of to be a very strong one. And especially in like the middle rounds, where a lot of times you see a bunch of corners where it's like, oh yeah, this guy could start. He's a day two guy. Asante Samuel Jr. last year was a was a guy like that. who The Chargers ended up taking that. Apparently, the Niners were were all over getting him, and then it didn't work out. But this cornerback class doesn't also seem like one like that. So maybe even a Stephon Gilmore like short term two year deal where it's super incentive based makes even more sense. Considering that you might the Niners might feel like even if we take a guy in the second day, he's not going to be ready to start. And maybe they strike out on a couple depth pieces, and then this is what they go and do. So I think there's a much larger chance that Stephon Gilmore signed. I think there's basically a zero percent chance that that JC Jackson signed to the 49ers. And like, yes, maybe if you just look at the Niners, like raw cap numbers, they could afford him, but they would have zero flexibility. And that's not something that the Niners have done in the past, especially with this, you know, Lynch Shanahan regime. Prague Prague is not a guy that wants to have no no uh, flexibility there so I, I would really doubt that but Stefan Gilmore let's see what he gets let's see what his market is coming off of an injury coming off of two in, back-to-back injury years it might not be as big as spot track is expecting and maybe he gets signed for a lot less so I think only time will tell with kind of what the market is for that and this could be potentially be a guy that because we've talked about Stefan Gilmore in the past throughout this offseason we might continue to talk about him a lot just to see like okay is there rumors here because I think they very well could be um, and the 49ers are definitely a team that a lot of vets want to come. And if they're trying to win, this is a spot where we've seen guys kind of push their way to come here. We saw Trent Williams do that a couple years ago, where he really made the extra effort to come here and get it done. And then he also did that when he resigned with the 49ers as the chiefs had a very competitive offer that he ultimately decided to come back to San Francisco. So time will tell with, with uh, Stefan Gilmore, but I highly doubt JC Jackson's going to be a 49er. So Moving over, still talking about the secondary. We have Mr. Jimmy Ward, one of my favorite players. One of I think he's the longest tenured 49er at this point because he what got drafted in 2015, been here a long time. He is going to be 31 next season. He's on the final year of his contract. And if you're looking into his contract, he can restructure his deal and save the 49ers 5.9 million dollars. Now Jimmy Ward, I don't know where he said this. I think it was on like another show, maybe he came on, or maybe he just was tweeting out or talking about it on Instagram. But basically, he hinted at, yeah, you know, I'm going to have some news to share in a little bit, kind of hinting at, I'm going to sign a contract extension with the 49ers, figure something out there. When you look at the deal and you realize, okay, he can save the Niners $5.9 million by restructuring his deal, a contract extension even seems that much more likely where that's kind of put into the contract extension as well. So, two three four year extension maybe for jimmy ward i would bet that it's probably going to be three where it's restructuring this year and then adding an additional two years so that deal ends when he's 33 now i brought up just a little bit before here that a lot of times we see corner speed and agility kind of deteriorate with age but jimmy ward has been a guy that he got banged up a lot early on his career has not had many injuries lately Um, and he's probably coming off of one of his best seasons. I mean, it definitely seems like he's had a lot of really, really good seasons. He is one of the most underrated 49ers on this defense when he's out there. And when he's not out there, there's a vast difference of how that secondary looks and how many huge explosive plays the other team has. So Jimmy Ward is, is, I think, I think he's a top 10 safety in the league. I think he's one of the most underrated players, um, especially in the secondary. So signing him to an extension to me, I I, I love this idea. I absolutely love this idea. I think if you signed like a three year, $30 million extension, pretty similar to what he got last time. I want to say it was like three years, 40 million, maybe Um, pretty similar though. He took a pay cut. He got a bigger deal offered by the Raiders last, last time he was a free agent. He said, no, I'm coming back. Took, took a, I guess a pay cut a little bit in comparison to that Raiders deal to come back with the 49ers. But what do you think about him signing an extension to kind of free up some cap space this year?
1: I think it's a great idea. Uh, in 2019, 2020, he signed three years, 28 and a half. Um, and we, we got that that report. The Raiders offered more money. Uh, it was probably something like three for 32 or something like that. Um, so I think the, the Niners were off, were, will offer him something very similar to that deal. Um, and they, they have a way. Parag is so good at keeping the cap hit low during the season that is going on and then figuring out stuff later. Um, I think he'll, he'll do something similar and they'll, they'll find a way to free up that cap. Um, and there's a couple other guys. I think we, we talked about it before the show that have the ability to do something similar. Kittle's one, Trent Williams is, is one D Ford's going to get cut. Uh, Eric Armstead, they can all convert their 2020 or 2022 salary in, into a bonus uh, so they lose a little bit of money in the long run, but they get it all up front uh, and the Niners get some much needed salary cap relief um, should get them somewhere around 20 million in, in cap even before a, a Jimmy, Jimmy trade. So with all the cap gymnastics, you could be looking at a, a Niners team coming off an NFC championship. We both believe an upgrade at at quarterback 10 picks and 45 million in, in cap. Which is absolutely wild. The the Niners are in a very, very good position going into this offseason. And I think that Jimmy Ward is really just the first domino to fall. I think it's so
0: funny that you that you bring that up. Like the Niners are in a really good spot this offseason. They have a, you know, ton of assets, ton of potential money. And if you would have said that in like October, people have been like, are you kidding me? They trade their future for Trey Lance They're not playing him. It's like, yeah, guys, they traded they traded two ones. They have a ton of picks. They have two third rounders. They have a second. I think they have multiple fours, I want to say. I know they have, like, three-sevenths or something. A lot of, like, later picks. They also have Jimmy Garoppolo that they're going to move. They have so many picks. And last year's rookie class, while a lot of the guys didn't play that much, they drafted a bunch of players that we both think are good players. And if you remember, we did a video, I want to say, in, like, maybe it was in October, about the rookie class. And we were talking about, like, hey, a lot of people are writing off this rookie class, and it's like we're two months into the year. We're, like, eight games in. People were talking about Ambry Thomas being ter- terrible. Um, Ambry Thomas came in super clutch down the stretch. People said the same thing about Trey Sermon. I think we're going to see Trey Sermon play a significant role. Now, there's a there's a few other guys. We saw Hafonga play a role. Like We saw a bunch of guys actually playing in their rookie year when the 49ers do not want to play rookies. They want to have them redshirt, sit behind the vets, learn how to be a pro. And I think that like just with how like impatient a lot of fans are, and, and don't get me wrong, like, I, I get the same way. We all get the same way. But people kind of freak out about that. Well, now you're going to have a, potentially have an off where you're going to have a ton of money. You're going to get a, another big rookie class to to play as depth, and these guys are going to be kind of graduated. We're going to see Trey Sermon play a role. Maybe Ufanga takes a, 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 has a larger role. Ambry Thomas, Deemore Lenore, they could easily be starting. Like, and I don't think they. I think only one of them will, but they could. So you start looking around, you go, okay, like there's a bunch of guys that are going to have significant playing time. Um I just find it interesting how quickly those things can change and how the year the jump from like the middle of one season when you're struggling to the off the next off season when you actually take a look like take a step back and go wait there's all these assets there's all these young players the 49ers core is extremely young it's under contract it, the future is very very optimistic and Jimmy Ward potentially taking a or getting a contract extension where he saves the 49ers an amount of money that could be huge. If he saves him $5 million and you get to retain Jimmy Ward for this year and then another two years after that. And then it would be likely that, that you know, that his, his deal would be a little bit larger these next couple of years. Uh, But you brought up before we were recording Aiden, Jimmy Ward took a pay cut last year. So this has already happened. He's done this. He's that kind of guy that he wants to win. He wants to prioritize winning. And if that means deferring his contract into bonuses where he's taxed heavier, he's willing to do it. He's willing to take a little bit to lose a little bit of money to keep playing, to play in the 49ers, to have them, you know, go out and get competitive for agents and stay competitive and stay and try to win still. So I think this, it could be a move where they want to improve that defense. They want to have a super, super elite defense at the end of last year, it was really ticking, but you can just keep getting better. And I think this is another move of that. If you go and resign Jimmy Ward and also Jimmy Ward is the player I I think signing Jimmy Ward to a three or $30 million contract back to back is a steal. You're not, there's not a lot of like high end safeties and there's not a lot of safeties that are able to go man up with a bunch of guys. I know Cooper cup had a couple good catches on him. Some of those throws are absolute dots where Jimmy Ward, there's nothing he can do about it. Like there was the one where I think it was like a wheel route or like, he kind of like ran like an out and up and the ball's literally thrown in the perfect spot. Jimmy Ward is draped all over and puts a hand in like, does it plays it perfect. And Cooper cup still comes away with it. That's the best, that's the best slot receiver in the game. So like we have to understand that Jimmy Ward is out here locking up guys left and right for the past few years. And I just don't think that a lot of people recognize how big of a skill set that is. If you can bring your safety down and when he plays really great single high, he can also come down and man up on a guy if they need him to do that. So the versatility that Jimmy Ward brings is huge for this defense and it allows the 49ers to do a lot of different things in coverage, run a lot, a lot of different stunts, bring an extra guy, just because he's able to go and step up and completely man up on guys at times. So love the idea of bringing one back, Jimmy, bringing Jimmy Ward back on a contract extension. And also if that ends up saving you some money this year, that would be huge as well. So fully on board there. Um, With that said, staying with the defense, talking a lot about defense today, but I wanted to talk about this because we brought it up last week before we recorded, we decided to kick it to Sunday. The idea of trading Aziz Alshair or Dre Greenlaw, Aiden, how do you feel about potentially moving one of those guys?
1: It's really interesting. I think if they move one of them, they're going to pick a linebacker in in the the draft. And they, they traded Jonas Griffith, who was an undrafted free agent last year, looked really good during camp to the Broncos, I think, for like a sixth or seventh round pick. Uh, looking back on it, they might wish that they still had him, um I still think it's a low probability that somebody gets traded and if somebody does I think it would be greenlaw I think aziz would get some kind of contract extension this off season 3 4 years uh not a ton of money because I don't think everybody around the league really sees um how how good he is um so I think is more likely to, to be traded but I still don't think it's probable to happen given um how much money the Niners can save if they were really in like saints level cap, like struggles, then I could see, like, I I think it moves somewhere around $3 million in, in cap. Um, so they're not at a point. The, the Niners aren't where they need to make a move like that. And I think that they would rather have the, the depth because we saw how, how important it, it was to have depth this past season. Um, Aziz was was able to come in and played really, really solid when, when Greenlaw went down. So if, if Aziz goes down, you know Greenlaw is already in that role. Uh, have a couple other young linebackers, Flanagan Foles, um, that could come in and play as, as well. Um, so I think it's an interesting idea. I'd be really interested to see what you could get. I think you're going to get more from a guy like Greenlaw, given um, he was a higher pick. And I think more people know him, especially because of that Seattle stop. Um, at, at the end of 2019, but I mean, it, it's something that I'm open to, but I think the Niners aren't going to make a move simply because they don't have to, and they value having depth.
0: Yeah, I, I actually am not a big fan of, of trading either of them. Uh, one, I think that you have a really, really good linebacker room. I think this is, this probably is the best linebacker room. If you're looking at three linebacker sets. Not necessarily two, because, I mean, the Bucks got Levante, David, and Devin White, and that is a special duo right there. Um, but you look at like three linebacker rooms, and one, you have, you have a guy that a lot of people feel like is the best coverage linebacker ever in Fred Warner. And I know that sounds like kind of a crazy statement, but I've heard that from multiple people that he is one of the best coverage linebackers ever. And it makes sense when you consider the athletes that are playing on the offensive end today, where... Fred, I mean, we saw, what was it two years ago? Fred was manning up. He, Fred got a PBU on Hollywood Brown, who's extremely fast. Like that's, you don't see linebackers do that ever. And I know that this year, Fred struggled a little bit. If you look at his numbers, if you look at like the opponent passer rating and stuff, but we also have to remember that the 49ers were thin in, in coverage this year. So he had to go and he had to go cover a lot of different guys. He had to go play a much larger role. And when they were running cover two, where he's the man sitting in like the, like the Tampa two type of defense where he's sitting in the middle he got exposed at times but that's because he is covering so much ground what they ask fred to do is crazy like you can only ask a couple guys to do that and i think when a lot of people talk about the best linebackers in the league and they go oh well you know these guys are better in the run game than fred like I, i think it's hard to to look at it and be like oh well this guy's better in coverage this guy was better in coverage than fred was last year when they bring up the 2021 season it's like no, they weren't. Fred was asked to do more than any other linebacker was that season. So if you're asking your linebacker to do a lot more things, to go man up on different guys, to go play a much larger zone against Aaron Rogers, Devontae Adams, and like, like players like that, where he has such a high responsibility. Of course, the numbers are going to look worse. If you put the other linebacker in that situation, he's going to get torched. So you look at these guys that are coming in, in the complimentary roles in the will linebacker spot or the Sam linebacker spot. It's been Aziz and Dre, and I think they've done a very, very good job. Last year, Aziz played extremely well. It really was unfortunate that he went down with injury because I thought he looked so good early on. Um, Ended up coming back. It still had a great year, but he looked so good early on, and he was a downhill force. He was so so nasty in the run game. Uh, Dre is definitely more of a a reckless player, I would say, but Dre's sideline-to-sideline speed is ridiculous i mean he chases guys down his pursuit is is phenomenal um now he does have a tendency to miss his assignments and kind of like blow a couple of those i don't think trading either of these guys is a good idea i think if you run back where you have fred doing all that fred's able to do which is super rare in a linebacker and you have two complimentary guys that that are able to play different roles too because i think that's something that's underappreciated about these guys is aziz is more of a downhill linebacker he's running he's getting guys in the backfield he he's producing a lot more tackles for losses. He can blitz from that. That's that either that Sam or that will linebacker spot where Dre Greenlaw is more important in terms of his sideline to sideline speed. And he's able to stop on a dime, turn around, you know, and, and a little bit more reckless of a player, but they bring a much different role. And depending on your matchups, one of them is going to get more playing time. Than the other, just based on who the, who the other offense is. So I think the 49ers are going to bring them both back. I think that Aziz will probably sign like a two year, cause he's a restricted free agent. I think I'll probably sign like, what do you think? Like a two year, $8 million deal, two year, $10 million deal based on his play last year, which is a steal. Um, but you know, a quick deal where he's going to come re-up for a couple years. And if he earns another contract by the time that one's up, I'm assuming that the Niners would probably be interested in bringing him back. And for Drake Greenlaw, you have a ton of pressure. You're in a contract year. You're going to go try to make some money. And if he does, if he does go out and he earns that contract and he signs somewhere else, you're going to get a complimentary pick. So it's worth it to let him walk and get the complimentary pick, then trade him a year early when you're trying to contend and being thin at linebacker. I would rather you have the depth this year. We saw last year Dre went out for a significant period of time as stepped up Aziz went out for a significant period of time. And then Dre stepped up. So like it worked out really well last year. We just saw the formula to have that successful linebacker,
1: uh,
0: have a success, successful linebacker room. But I definitely think that it makes a lot of sense to bring them both back next year and if Dre plays like prices himself out, well then props to him because he just had a great year for you in 2022. And you're going to get that comp pick back getting a third rounder right now for Dre and then getting a fifth a comp fifth for him next year, or I guess in two years, if he plays himself out is worth it to have that year of linebacker depth. Final thing I will add. I think the Niners draft the linebacker this year to potentially take one of these guys spots in the next couple of years as well. Um, we've seen that they've, they've done a tremendous job at drafting linebackers and at signing undrafted for agent linebackers as well. So I think you continue, if you're good at, if you're good at evaluating linebacker position, then keep taking guys, you have a bunch of picks. You're going to, you don't have really a guy after these guys. You have DFF, um, you have Marcel Harris, but either of those guys could definitely play like compete with a rookie for a roster spot. So love the idea of bringing these three back and then also drafting a linebacker, another linebacker, and potentially having those like four solid linebackers in the, in this, uh, for this team. Um, but I don't know, what do you feel about that idea kind of drafting and also running it back with both of them?
1: I think that the, your comp pick idea, I think that that is perfect. I think that's exactly what they're, they're going to do. They're going to be like, okay, Greenlaw, you're going to play yourself in the money may not be here, but we're going to get something for you. Um, a, a name that I think we should think about is Hufunga. Funga we, we touched on him. A, a little bit but I think if if he bulks up he could play some of that fourth linebacker kind of stuff um he was a rookie this this past year played mostly special teams played some safety um but he's just such a versatile weapon that I think he needs to be on on the field more often and if he puts on 10-15 pounds like we saw Marcel Harris do it this this past year and he was fine and I think Hufunga has just a, a a nose for the ball that could serve him really well at a linebacker freds a, a a converted safety played safety during during college um so i i could see them being like let's give hufunga a year to maybe play a little bit more safety bulk up see what he looks like at, at the end of this year and in in a perfect world Greenlaw balls out signs somewhere else for big big money niners get a comp pick uh Aziz signed an extension this, this past year. And then you have a couple other young guys who can take that, that third role and they can fight uh, to see who's going to take that, that Greenlaw-ish role. Um, so I, I think that the, the Niners linebackers, obviously playing next to Fred makes it really, really easy um, or much, much easier than it, than it would otherwise be. Uh, so I think they have so much flexibility and so many different directions they can go. Um, that they don't really have any pressure to figure it out right now. So I, I think that you, you made a great point. Uh, wouldn't expect it to happen, but say they fall in, in love with a guy in, in the third round who's falling uh, and they're like, we have to go up and get this guy, but we love our, our, our guys in the fourth, fifth. Um, I could see them being like, let's move, move Greenlaw. This guy's going to be a a difference maker right away. Uh, but i give that like a 10, 15% chance of happening. Uh, so I would expect Greenlaw to be a a 49er next year as as well as Aziz.
0: One other thing I'll bring up, because you your comments made me think of this, but if they do go and like get a guy at linebacker, they're like, oh yeah, this guy's going to be a difference maker. One, I think they wait to trade Greenlaw. I don't think they like trade him during the draft. But say you go into training camp, it's like, okay, this guy's clearly the will linebacker. He's better than Aziz, he's better than Dre if that was to happen, I think that's when you would see them move to green line and say, okay, we, we have too many linebackers. We need to move someone. We have you know four guys and this rookie who's on a much cheaper, or who's on a, a cheap deal, Dre's in a contract year. I think that's when they could trade him. And potentially if they did that, that could even be like a player for player trade where they're like, Hey, we're thin here. You guys are thin at linebacker. You, we give you a starter. You give us a starter. Maybe it's a guard. Maybe, you know, let's see what it is. But I think that's something that's very likely as well, where if you and that's that's why drafting best player available is so much better. When you see these teams reach for a position because they're like, oh, you know, we don't have a wide receiver. Let's go reach and go get this guy. And it's like, you could have not reached. You could have taken this dude that was a tackle at you know in the first round. But you reach for a wide receiver. If you would have took the tackle, you would have got a great wide receiver in the second round. Like, and we see teams do this so often. So if there's a guy that the Niners have available at linebacker, I think you just you jump on it. You say we're going to take this guy. If he plays himself into a starting role, that's better for us. The more starting caliber players you have, the better. And I don't always think that football teams look at it that way. They kind of look at it as, as, "Oh, we got to like find a starter here. We got to find a starter here." If you have four caliber starting linebackers, you can move one of them, and you can add a you can add a guard if you don't have a starting caliber guard. Like you can always figure that out. So, I I I think that taking best player available is also a sign. Like this year, if they do that at linebacker. That's another like, oh, yep, there you go. Take the best guy available always. You always have to go and do that. So kind of interesting there. So final thing to talk about today. Jimmy Garoppolo, we talked about him last Sunday, I want to say. Going to talk about him again. Probably going to talk about him until he's moved. But one, there was a rumor saying Jimmy Garoppolo may not get traded. Kyle Shanahan may want to keep him. Of course, there's a possibility, right? Like anytime you have a a guy in-house, And you have a young quarterback that's very raw that once again is 21 years old. So anyone not being patient with Trey Lance is ridiculous. I mean, we've seen what was Burrow came in at 25 years old and like significantly more like time in college playing quarterback, maybe not starting, but playing the position and playing it against high caliber defenses in practice. So we look at Jimmy Garoppolo, what are they going to trade him for? Are they going to trade him? Those are the questions right now. The only rumor that I think has been floating around besides the, the Washington uh, the Washington rumors for the 11th overall pick, which I do not believe. I do not think that's the case is the Steelers are potentially looking to move two fourth rounders and the 2023 fourth rounder would become a conditional second based on how many games Jimmy would play for them. So that's kind of the offer that's being floated around now, before I get into what I think about it, because I think I have a very strong opinion about this and I think it's different than you Aiden. I want to hear what your thoughts are on that value for Jimmy Garoppolo.
1: I think it's interesting cuz I think the Niners are in a tough spot just kind of timing-wise cuz they want to turn the keys over to Lance so that people around the league are like okay, Lance is is the the real deal, but they want to toe the the line and be like we don't want to go to Lance too quick because then it looks like Jimmy sucks. So I think that that they're in a tight spot and they're almost waiting for the Rogers domino to fall. Um, I think Wilson could Russell Wilson could get moved. Uh, Kirk cousins is apparently on, on, on the block. So is Carson Wentz. Um, so, so many question marks and Jimmy is like, not the best quarterback potentially available this, this offseason that, they're just in a really tough timing spot where if somebody offers them something now that that blows them away, I think that they would pull the the trigger right now. But I think they they might even wait a longer than like people I- expect. Like Jimmy could be a a forty nine er going into to training camp, and then the the Commanders who picked Kenny Pickett at at eleven are like, uh oh, this guy is not ready to to play and. Rivera's older and that that team is a little bit older and they're like we got to get a quarterback to to compete this year. Um so I I just think it's super it's it it's a tough situation for everybody in, involved cuz Jamie's not going to be the first domino to fall. Um but like I think the the Niners are fine holding on to him because I think that they've they they know at least in, in internally that this is going to be Lance team Lance's team next year. I think even if Jimmy is is back and nobody offers anything, and they're like, fine, we'll just have the the best backup in in the league, and and they get York to sign off on it for one more year. I think Lance is still the the starter going into the year next year. Um, so it's it's just a tough waiting game to figure out who needs what when. Uh, and I don't think we're going to know until some of those other big names fall.
0: Yeah. I find it so interesting how like the transition from one starter to the guy that gets drafted super early, him starting, it's always like so strange. Remember when the chiefs lost with Alex Smith in the playoffs, the thought was that it was going to take two years for Patrick, Patrick Mahomes to take over. And then they ended up trading Alex Smith that next year to Washington. Um, I, I think this, I think it's is like a similar situation and I hate to do it like with comparing to Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes. Um, but like, I, I do think it, it makes the most like sense in comparison for like the transit, like transactions. Right. I also find it super weird that everyone's decided like, oh yeah, Jimmy's worth two fourths. And then one of them could become a second. I think that is not the market. I, th- I think that's maybe, okay. Correction. I think that's the market right now. However, in a month when free agency opens, I don't think that's going to be the market anymore. There are a bunch of teams, the Panthers, right? They they are trying to win this year. They feel like they have to win because if they don't, Matt Rule is going to get fired. Washington, Ron Rivera, it's, it's pretty clear. They're trying to win desperately. The Broncos, the Broncos are making a heavy push on Aaron Rodgers. And apparently, I don't know if you saw, but apparently we might find out something on Tuesday about that, I guess on the, uh, the McAfee show. So maybe that kind of got like floated around last week too. And then nothing happened. So we will see, but there's a bunch of quarterback needy teams that are going to make a push to improve their starting quarterback. This is not the draft to go get a quarterback. That was last year. L- this year's draft. Doesn't even like, doesn't even touch last year's quarter uh, draft in terms of quarterback talent. So you're looking around, you're going, there's a bunch of teams that need a quarterback. And there's a bunch of names floating around that could be rumored, right? There's a reason that Jimmy Garoppolo's market right now is not a second rounder or not a first rounder. It's because potentially Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, uh, who else? Who else we have in the market? Deshaun Watson, Carson Wentz. I know he's not the same quality of quarterback, but like you go through and there's all of these guys that are available. A bunch of teams are, you know, thinking about training their quarterback. I think the only guy that might move teams is, is Aaron Rodgers. And if he moves immediately, Jimmy Garoppolo becomes more valuable because now Aaron Rodgers is off the table and say the Colts are like, Hey, we're running back with Carson Wentz. Okay. Now you can't out of Carson Wentz say the Raiders go, okay, we're going to keep their car. Then you can't get their car. All of a sudden there's, there's like no quarterbacks to get the Panthers and Washington and, and Washington are you know freaking out about, okay, we have to go get a quarterback. We don't feel comfortable taking Kenny Pickett. Boom. Second rounder for Jimmy Garoppolo. It easily, easily happens. Last year we saw a first rounder get traded for Carson Wentz. We saw a second rounder get traded for Sam Darnold. And I've seen the thought is, well, teams are going to make the same mistake after last year. Yes, they are. Like they they totally are. Cause they feel pressured. And if they don't make if they don't try to go get a quarterback, like if the Panthers don't add a quarterback and they're not good, Matt Rule loses his job. So his number one priority is to upgrade the quarterback room. They will overpay for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that two fourths is super, super unlikely. And I think that once you start seeing, okay, is Russell Wilson staying it? And I think he's going to stay. I know you think that there's a chance he moves, but if he's staying, if like all these guys are staying. Okay. Then you have like five teams that need a quarterback still. They're going to pay a lot for Jimmy Garoppolo. And that's why I ultimately think he's going to get traded for a first or a second, um, which might seem like a lot higher than what the reports are right now. But I just think that the reports are kind of behind because of what the market looks like right now. And I don't think it's going to resemble that in maybe a couple of weeks, maybe a month. We'll see kind of how that plays out. But I expect Jimmy Garoppolo to get traded for a first or second rounder. And I know that seems like too much right now, but I think once we realize, okay, there's three teams that are competing to go get Jimmy Garoppolo, they're going to move them. And I also think that they're going to move them before the draft or on the draft as well, but that's kind of where I'm at. So before we head out, anything else you want to add Aiden? Cause we went through a lot of topics today. Uh, Pretty long podcast, but I think we're going to kind of keep it 30 to to 45 minutes when we're recording every every Sunday and Wednesday. But anything you want to add about the the Niners before we take off?
1: Super excited to see what what they do this offseason. We touched on it a a little bit, but the moves that they've made have put them in a position to be aggressive and to win Super Bowls over this next five-year period. And honestly, as long as Lance hits – and as and I I think we we both ex expect him to be very good, and he really only needs to be marginally better than Jimmy Garoppolo, which is not a extremely lofty bar. Um, I don't think a lot of these moves like they they can be as as aggressive as they want to be year in year out because they know once you figure out the the quarterback position, everything just kind of falls into place. You have people weapons that want to come play with him and obviously brady is an extreme example but look at the people that he brought with him to to tampa bay taking discounts and like that is a real thing and as long as lance hits like a lot of this stuff will figure out figure it 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 stuff out and we'll be having this this conversation every single year saying look the niners have 25 million in 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 cap good amount of of assets and we're looking primed to upgrade again to potentially win a, a, a Super Bowl. So super excited for the future. Um, and I, I know that John and, and Kyle got a lot of backlash uh, at, at the start of, of this season but look at how good this roster looks. look at the future um, and just kudos to them on an amazing amazing job because when they they took over it was a dumpster fire. There were no assets. The team was awful uh, and they had to suffer through a, a, a couple uh, disappointing years. Uh, but like we are we are spoiled as a fan base to have those two guys leading us.
0: Couldn't have said it better? I think, I think that's super accurate. I mean the uh, the Jimmy Tom Sula days were not fun. The Chip Kelly days were not fun either. And I think immediately too, when they did take over, you kind of felt like, okay, the cultures are immediately different. And even though they lost was like nine games or like one in 10 or one in nine or whatever it was, they were in every single game pretty much besides they play like a super elite team. And then then they get killed because they didn't have much talent, but they were in like all those games and you could definitely feel that shift. And now we're seeing a lot of guys completely bought into the culture. We talked about Jimmy Ward today. I mean, he's taken pay cuts to stay with his team to to help them be more competitive. I expect George Kittle to do the same thing with his contract. Um, I mean, and, and guys have done that in the past guys have done that a bunch. So it's been really cool with what they've built. And I think that, you know, we're going to continue to see them build this roster. And I don't know how aggressive they will be this, this uh, off season, but they have a very, very deep team. And I think there's a couple like positions where you kind of got to find a guy, you got to find a couple starters, maybe a corner, maybe a guard. Like it, it's not what they need. Isn't that much, but the one thing they do need is they do need Trey Lance to hit. And that's going to be, that's really, it's going to be what's going to define, uh, the 49ers over the next few years, but I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited for it as well. Uh, you know that I have a lot of faith in Trey Lance. So hopefully it works out, but yeah, this is, this is a fun time recording and going all over all these different guys, but we will be back next Wednesday. If you guys are listening to this on, on the podcast platform, it'll probably be out Thursday or Wednesday or Thursday. We, we do su- Sunday or Monday and then Wednesday or Thursday every week. Um If you're listening on YouTube to the crib, we, we bring on the Nuggets of Gold podcast here because we want to talk about 49ers stuff. If you want to hear some NFL stuff, yesterday we posted a video about all the coaching hires, just going over those. I think it's like a 30, 40-minute video, so pretty long. But we, we quickly go over each hire, and I think there were nine hires. So obviously that was going to take a long time to, to go through those. But take a look at that as well. But thank you all for listening throughout this week. All these videos are going to be clipped and posted. So if you don't want to watch this full 47 minute video, you can go and watch the individual clips that you like. Um, But also if you're listening right now, you've listened to the whole show. So that's what we're going to be doing moving forward, clipping the the podcast, posting stuff about NFL, NFL draft, that kind of stuff. And, And pretty soon here, we'll probably start doing mock draft Mondays as well. So thank you all for listening. And we'll be back with more NFL and 49ers content as the week goes on.